Welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, our bi-weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to Season 2, Episode 4 on the History of Tattoos. If you can't tattoo dark skin, you can't tattoo, period. talking about the history of tattoos and now I know y'all are tired of me coming on here every other week saying how excited I am about the topic at hand but I am I'm super enthused about today's topic because I'm a tattoo enthusiast myself I currently have six tattoos including a huge three-quarter sleeve on my left arm and a thigh tattoo and if it wasn't for this pandemic and my freelancer budget I probably would have six more tattoos added on my body by now also It's estimated that one in seven people in North America have at least one tattoo. Yes, one in seven. Or if you're a numbers person, that's about 145 million Americans with tattoos, with 70% of us tatted folks having more than one tat. And I apologize for all my international folks out there. I tried to get the worldwide tattoo counts, but I couldn't find it. But with stats like this, I know a lot of y'all listening are tatted, much like myself. And so you're also excited for today's episode as well. So I love tattoos. You listening have a tattoo or know someone with them. And therefore, we all also love tattoos and tattoo artists. And if I could go back in time and talk to my younger self that painted and did a lot of sketching and drew, drawing, I would say, Toya, keep going. You can live off of art and you could be a tattoo artist. Can I be honest for a second? If I could be anything with money and time not being an issue or a thing, it would most definitely 100% would be a badass tatted tattoo artist. I think about it here and there, you know, being what would it be like if I was a tattoo artist? Um, But I do believe my time has passed on that. (laughs) Anyways. Before we jump into today's episode, if you're a new listener, if you're new to the podcast, welcome to the Dopest Rawest History Podcast, where we cover out of the textbook topics like today's topic on the history of tattoos and other things like the history of cannabis and stuff like that. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss these things. And if you're an OG listener, 
you know, I feel like we need to come up with a name for my OG listeners. Like, you know how Rihanna has the Navy. That's what she calls her fans. And Beyonce calls her fans the Beehive. We need to come up with a name for the OG listeners. I'll brainstorm and think of something. <laughs> but if you're an OG listener, welcome back. And thank you for rocking with your girl and creating this dope, hella black and brown history community. Y'all are the motherfucking goats. So, round of applause. Today, we're talking about all things tattoos, and we're joined by Oba Jackson from Push Tattoos, located in Delaware. Oba is a badass artist who's done all different types of art, including photography, digital art. He studied fashion and design. Okay, so Oba has done it all. He came out of the womb doing art, and he grew up with artists in his home and in his life. And now he focuses on doing art in the form of tattoos. And let me tell you, his tattoos are fire, okay? He does these dope tattoos of people more like portraits of people and then he can also do kind of like these imaginative um like lady heads and figureheads of black and brown kind of characters so make sure you check out his work make sure you also listen to this episode because in this episode we discuss where and why tattoos started in different parts of the world. Of course, we learn about Oba and how he first fell in love with tatting and decorating the skin. In this episode, we also talk about racism in the tattoo industry, from the gatekeepers in the tattoo world to tattoo artists who discriminate against melanated folks because they can't tattoo. As Oba discusses in this episode, if you can't tattoo on black skin, that means you can't tattoo period. In addition, in this episode, Oba gives tips on how to find a tattoo artist and particularly for brown and black folks to make sure we're finding a talented artist who knows how to work on our skin and not damage it. Oba also gives tips on how to be a perfect tattoo client so you don't annoy anybody and you respect tattoo artists because they are serious and sensitive about their shit (laughs) the episode also kind of dives into the future of tattooing and so much more as usual the first five to ten minutes of the podcast will be me solo dolar giving you all the historical info on tats and how it began and in the last 30 minutes we'll jump into the interview with oba where we talk about the current and future state of tattoos because history isn't only about the things that happened in the past, but it's the things happening this very second. All right, so let's get into some of the history of tattoos. As usual, let's start with a definition. According to Webster, yes, (laughs) I use that accent. I always feel the need to have an accent when I say Webster dictionary. According to Webster, tattoos are a mark, a figure, a design, or word intentionally and permanently fixed and placed onto the skin. Now, when I looked into the history of tattoos, tattoos appeared in different parts of the world practically independently at the same time. 
different styles and techniques develop in different places and they mixed and mingled throughout history to create all these tattoo artists and tattoo enthusiasts. So the first question we're going to address in the history of tattoos is when and where tattoos were first performed. Tattoos date back to thousands, thousands of years. We're talking about 3,370 BC, which is a long, long ass time ago. In fact, evidence shows that tattoo was an ancient art form and in some cases, a medical practice. And this is due to discovery after discovery of mummies throughout the world with tats on them. The oldest evidence of human tattoos is believed to be from 3,370 BC. Tattoos appeared in different parts of the world independently at the same time. Records show that there are roughly 49 different locations around the world where tattoo mummies and remains were discovered. These locations where tattoos were practiced and recorded on human remains were in places such as Egypt, China, Samoa, Alaska, Sudan, Russia, the Philippines, Greenland, just to name a few. Now, when we talk about the word tattoo, right? Like, where did that come from? What's the root of the word tattoo? And it's believed that it comes from Polynesian languages such as Samoan, um, Tahini cultures that are these islands of brown folks sandwiched between Hawaii and Australia. It's most likely that the word tattoo that we say today is tied to these Polynesian words called tattoo, which is spelled T-A-T-A-U or T-A-T-U, meaning mark or puncture of the skin. The oldest surviving tattoos have been ones found on this dude from Iceland. Well, a mummy dude (laughs) from Iceland named Ozi, O-T-I-Z. And he was found in the Alps and he had 61 tattoos. And what was interesting about this mummy that was recently uncovered in September 1991 is that a lot of his tattoos were located near like his joints and his wrist and his knees, which led researchers to believe that his tats were to help with joint pain and therefore were probably medical and therapeutic. And so this Iceman mummy dude (laughs) is considered Europe's oldest human mummy. So like I said before, tattooing is an ancient art form that started popping up in different parts of the world at the same damn time. So let's take a little closer look at some of these civilizations and learn the significance of tattooing in these different cultures and the theories behind some of these tattoos in the ancient world. So let's start with China, for instance. Some cemeteries across Western China revealed a number of tatted mummies with skin tattoos. With ancient Chinese practices, tattooing was considered barbaric and highly stigmatized. 
a lot of ancient Chinese literature refers to folk heroes and bandits as having tattoos. It's also believed that tattoos were a marking of convicted criminals and that they had them on their face. Think like, you know, like the teardrops, how they are modern now today. In Chinese culture, face tattoos was a symbol and a warning to other members of society that this person was not to be trusted. In Egypt, some theories indicate that tattoos found on mummies were for decorative purposes. And the very interesting thing that I found in my research is that ancient Egypt tattooing was a practice done mostly on women by women. And similar to the Iceland guy that I talked about earlier, the tattoos uncovered on Egyptian mummies had kind of like the same markings and may have been used for medical purposes. In the cases of women who were mostly tatted in ancient Egyptian culture, there was a lot of tattoos found around the abdomen and people believed that it was associated with helping women get fertility and protection during childbirth. And then there's also the negative side of tattooing, which is that it was assumed that tattooing was the marks of prostitutes and also maybe even believed to protect women from sexually transmitted diseases. So that was really interesting that tattoos was like a tattoos in ancient Egypt was maybe a woman kind of field and industry. And and in Samoan country, tattoo had formed as a part of Samoan cultural traditions for thousands of years. The history of tattooing in Samoa shows us how tattoos can shape a culture. Like I said earlier, it's believed that the word tattoo originally came from Samoan Polynesian culture. Many historians believe that European sailors, like this dude named Captain James Hook, was first introduced to the words tattoo from his adventure to different places in Tahiti and Samoa. So they believe that Captain James Hook pulled up to Tahiti, for example, and was memorized by the beauty of the island and its people and was struck by the unique, vibrant body art that adorned their skin. And during Captain James Hook exploration, many of his crew, his sailors, got their own tattoos from locals and artists on board also started drawing their own tattoos. And so it was after James returned, Captain James returned to England and published his first journey to Polynesia that we find the first documentation of the word tattoo. And just remember, it wasn't Cook who discovered the practice of tattooing. However, he did bring the art form and the word from the Polynesians into Europe and into the English language. The tradition of giving tattoos and receiving tattoos by hand in Samoa had been practiced for more than 2,000 years. So it's cooked and discovered shit, okay? <laughs> the technique and the tools used for traditional practice have hardly changed since that time. And the skill is taught and passed down from father to son. So in Egypt, tattooing was a woman 
industry and in Samoan and other Polynesian cultures, it was a more male-focused industry. The tool used to give tattoos is handmade, and it's from a turtle shell and a boar's teeth. The process of receiving traditional tattoos takes many weeks in Samoan and Polynesian culture. They have tattoo ceremonies, which are usually held for a young leader who's ascending into a larger leadership role in society. And once the tattoo is done, it repre- it's represented and celebrated and dedicated to the culture. And it also shows your endurance to pain in the intricacies of tattoos. Okay, Polynesian culture. <laughs> and then we go into European culture. And when Christianity appeared... You guessed it, tattooing was considered barbaric and slowly began to fade in Europe following Captain Hook's introductions. And so, you know, Captain Hook had brought home with them the with them the indigenous people from places they visit and they were often tattooed at first tattooing was reserved for sailors and lower class but in time as tattoo artists became more and more proficient tattooing became a a hobby and also became a mark of status if you have money to pay prices for the high tattoo professionals and artists then you was the shit and as tattooing became cheaper it was again seen as a mark of lower class so we see this fluctuation in european culture of tattoos being kind of like lower class upper class lower class kind of classes kind of thing and then lastly i want to talk about ancient Greece and Rome and ancient tattoos and written records provide evidence of tattooing from before Christ which is a long ass time ago and tattoos during this era in Greece and Rome were mainly for the out criminals prisoners of war and slaves would be branded with their status a famous example of tattoos by ancient Greeks was the Athens tattooing owls onto people they defeated. Evidence shows throughout ancient Rome, there's also evidence of soldiers as well as arms manufacturers, like, you know, getting tattoos. It's believed that this practice continued throughout the ninth century and slaves were also marked with a tattoo in ancient Rome times to show that they had paid their taxes. So that's just a little background of tattoo history, you know, in places like China, Egypt, Polynesian culture, tattoos were very important and they were used for different status markings, for artistry, for medical purposes, and for property marking as well. I mean, overall, tattoos are inherent, is an inherent part of certain cultures. In the Western world, it has taken time for the decorative ink to become socially acceptable. You know, now I feel like tattoos are super popular and socially acceptable because people are hella unapologetic and they are super expressive and there are more and more celebrities and billionaires and trillionaires who have 
their shit together and are tattooed. And I feel like historically speaking, tattooing has been looked down upon, has seen as a lower class thing, has been seen as a thing that you can't be tattooed and get hired. And so those kind of like negative framing of tattooing that was early on is currently being challenged and I personally love it in the western world it's taken time for the decorative ink to become socially acceptable and it's only really in the past they say like 50 years I think it's probably even shorter maybe 30 to 20 years that tattoos have become more popular in mainstream and the evidence of tattooing in ancient civilization is fascinating like I found all the stuff that we just talked about very fascinating especially with Egypt and tattooing being for women and being medical like that really blew my mind tattoos from these past civilizations tend to have these links to medical healing as opposed to just cosmetic value that we talk about today. There's still so much waiting to be discovered and found out about tattoos throughout history, but that was just a very brief, microscopic overview of some of the regions that had ancient tattooing and exactly what the tattooing meant to that place that culture, and those people. So now that we've looked at tattooing, the history of tattooing in the past, let's jump into the interview with Oba where we talk about the current state of tattooing and the future of tattooing and skin and colorism in the tattooing community. Hi, Oba. Hi, Tay. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me on That Wasn't In My Textbook podcast. I'm so excited to have you here to be talking about the history of tattoos because A, I love your work. B, I'm a tattoo enthusiast myself. And C, I just love how vocal you are about being a Black person in the tattoo industry, the racism, the discrimination, and just the artistry as well. You talk about, you talk about it all. So um, I wanted to just first start out by letting you introduce yourself and letting the listeners know how dope you are. <laughs> Hi, I'm Oba Jackson. I own Push Tattoos in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I don't know how dope I am because I'm <laughs> much a trash person. But <gasps> usually when people learn about me, they think I'm dope. And I'm like, oh my God, you like me? Because like my siblings and my parents, they don't. <laughs> they keep, you, they keep <laughs> you humble. They keep you humble. They keep me humble. <laughs> they trash me. I'm the baby of my family, so they treat me really, really badly. But <laughs> but I'm also six three, so they know. Oh, um, yeah. I uh, I own Push Tattoo Studios in Wilmington. I'm working on a coloring book of diversity in mostly Black women, and I am also working on a coffee table book right now for tattooers and style. Oh, that's great. The quarantine has made me get back into coloring and all that other stuff. So I know that you're a tattoo artist. So how would you define the word tattoo? We always start off with definitions. So like, how would you define a tattoo? Well, you know, the, the regular de- definition of a tattoo is just like um, uh, permanent marking on your skin. Mm-hmm. But I like to think of tattoos as something else. I always call them um, adorning your temple. Ooh. Because you know how people always say, oh, uh, you should mark on your temple. And I'm like, well, what temple you've been to that doesn't have adornments everywhere on it? Because every temple that I've been to and felt comfortable in is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I like to think of them as temple adornments. 
That is beautiful. Temple adornments. That's almost like poetic. And you make a great point. Most things in life are decorated to some extent. It is. It's the things that draw your eyes to them. Like you're happy when you see something beautiful or you see something interesting. And it also is a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I feel like I've had the most interesting conversations with people asking me about my tattoos. <laughs> so did you learn about tattoos in school or growing up or anything like that? Oh, so like... So growing up with like growing up, we grew up in like this super poor neighborhood, but we also grew up in the suburbs, which is very interesting. We were like in a little pod of poverty in our in, like a super rich area. Mm. And there was a tattoo shop across the street. And uh the tattoo shop from uh, across the street from our house was basically what you would think about in the early nineties, which was like bikers, white guys, motorcycle jackets, like all that. Um so when we got a little bit older, my brother went over there when he was like 16 and snuck and got a tattoo. <laughs> and you could barely see it. And I remember my mom being the most upset about it, but then telling him it was his body and he could do what he want with it. She's like, she mm. can't own it. But that was like my first, uh, like my first interaction with tattoos. And then like for years after that, people would always say, oh, you should be a tattoo artist. You should be a tattoo artist. And I'm like, blood, stranger juice. No, thank you. <laughs> stranger juice. <laughs> stranger juice. <laughs> and, and, they would be like, oh, but you should just try it. And I'm like, that it doesn't seem like something you should just try. I feel like I would need to learn about it. And I grew up in a family full of artists. So it was always about learning. Mm-hmm. No one would teach you anything, but they would give you the tools that you needed to learn about artwork. And once I got old enough to understand the process of tattoo, and I got my first one, I was 22. And that is what really got me interested in the tattoo industry. And I was super deterred at first because everywhere I had been to, for a tattoo or with somebody getting a tattoo was a super white space Mm. and when I say white space I mean there were no brown faces getting tattooed there no brown faces working there no representation on their flashboards of black culture so it was a very off-putting situation at first in my like early 20s Mm. so can you tell us about you mentioned already your first tattoo and how that kind of sparked you getting into the tattoo game so what was your first tattoo and then tell us how the things that chain of events that happened after that Oh God, this first tattoo, like two Chinese, like two Japanese characters right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 22 and I went to this place that is no, I don't think it's there anymore, but I went with one of my really good friends. Her name is Tracy from work and she had tattoos. So I trust her to take me to go get my first one. We found this place that was so far away from where we were. And I'm pretty sure there were other tattoo shops closer, but we went to this one. And my friend Tracy is very attractive, beautiful white woman, brown hair, but um. I knew her because we worked at a um, like at a uh, boys and girls club, mm. and Tracy was from Brooklyn. She was like, hey, like assist, like she was like super cool, like just a pod, like a lovely person. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy, I remember going to get my tattoo. The guy did not talk to me the entire time. Every time he, like, he would be like, "Where you wanted at?" So where are you from? To my friend, like <laughs> in her, in her face, like part of her face the entire time. He tattooed me. He talked to her. Did not take pay, pay me any attention the whole entire time. He was rude as fuck. Like, who doesn't talk to their clients when they get tattooed? Well, I know tattooers who don't talk to their clients, but like that is so ugh. It's just like bad service. Yes, yes. Like, that's not the first memory you want to have when you get a tattoo. No. So then what what after that, how did you get to becoming a tattoo artist yourself? Were you drawing and painting and stuff like that? Like in high school? I've always, I, I've always drawn and painted. Like I, there was not a time that I can remember in my life where I wasn't an artist. Mm-hmm. My mom is an artist. My grandmother is an artist. Um, so soon as I could, re- as far back as I can remember, I had a 
marker, a pencil, a crayon, something in my hands. My brother said I was drawing on toilet paper when I was two. <laughs> he was like, you would, he was like, I would come home from school and you would draw my projects for school at like five. So wow. I, I was always drawing. Um, my mom would sit down and draw with me. She'd be like, okay, I'm gonna draw this and you draw it. And then she was like, around six years old, I would draw something, you would draw it better. And I was like, oh, uh-oh, I think we got a problem here. <laughs> so I've always drawn. Um, when I was like a little bit older, like after the first tattoo and a couple other tattoo experiences, my brother ended up dating this girl and her brother was a tattoo artist. So we started to go to him and that is where I started to feel comfortable in the tattoo industry because he worked for a black tattooer, like a black shop owner owned his shop. And I learned more about the black tattoo shop owner that he was like the first black tattooer in Delaware. He was the first black tattoo shop owner in Delaware. And um, after my artist moved to Jersey, I started to go to him. And he asked me for eight years, like, you should think about doing this. I got an apprenticeship, open it up, you want it? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was just like, super set in my ways, didn't want to really like, didn't really want to broaden my horizons. I was like, I am a classically trained artist at this point. I can oil paint pretty much every medium. And I was like, I just don't know if this is the direction I want to go to. I want to go in. Mm -hmm. And he asked me for eight more years. And then one day I had a shitty day at work and I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And I was so (laughs) glad I did. I love how it was just like serendipitous. Like he kept asking you. And then one day you're just like, okay, fine. (laughs) He thought I I was, he thought I was joking. And when I showed up for the apprenticeship, it was like February 1st. He told me that's when the apprenticeship started. I showed up because I didn't talk to him for another two more months because I hadn't come and got tattoos. Mm-hmm. And um, I showed up and he was like, what you doing here? You got a tattoo today? I was like, no, you said my apprenticeship started today. He was like, I gave it to somebody else. He was like, but I wanted you to do it anyway so you can just stay. And both of us did it for a little while. The other guy eventually quit. I love how you just like showed up. You're like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was like too. I was like, okay, come on. So what are some important things that you think people should know about tattooing or the history of tattooing? Important things that I think people should know. I think people should do their research about tattoos and find out as much information as they can, even if they're already tattooed. I would like them to just do a little bit more research, find out where it comes from, the cultures that it derives from, find out the history of it, because my mom thought when I first started getting tattoos and thought stuff that it was like, she's like, oh no, what are you doing that for? That's like white people's culture. I don't think you should be doing that. You know, it's this, this and that. And I remember being like, mom, it's not that big of a deal. And then I found books about it later on, like later on, not that much later, like probably like a year later after me and my mom had those conversations. And I found out that it came from our culture. Like it came from African culture. It came from so many cultures who existed thousands of years ago mm-hmm. and I was like mom this is actually our culture like your ears being engaged is an African thing your tattoos these symbols are African things and I'm like really and now my mom has tattoos because I taught her about them so I feel like if you educate yourself about tattoos and tattooing and the history of tattooing when you inform people who don't have them especially our older people sometimes you open their eyes to something that they didn't ha- that they had no idea about because you know in our black culture that we were forced to be in a bubble and then some of us stayed in that bubble mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that when we educate other black people about tattoos we just open up another world and another revenue stream like some people just like some people had no idea about tattooing and they get into an industry that has something to do with it and I'm like you didn't even know these two things connected mm-hmm. so I think just uh educating yourself about the history of tattooing would be a, like a great start for anybody tattoos tattooers or people who are just enthusiasts. 
Yeah. And like, you know, in some of the research that I did, I found out like, you know, like tattooing started like, you know, in North, in, in Egypt, ancient Egypt, there were women who were getting tattoos and it was like for fertility and they used it for medical purposes. And then, you know, you had like other like brown cultures kind of like popping up almost simultaneously with, you know, tattooing and using it not, you know, even for identification and then decoration later on. So there's so much about it. And like you said, it does start with brown folks. Um, and a lot of people, you know, think that it doesn't, you know, you touched on a good point about like black people in a bubble. I also think about like respectability politics, you know, like us coming from that, like that whole era of like, you got to wear a suit, you got to be clean, you got to straighten your hair. And that's also about tattoos, right? It's like, who's, who's going to hire you? Who's going to take you seriously? And it's like, we've evolved so much from that. And I actually think like tattooing has become a lot more popular um, over the past couple of years. And I just wanted to know what your opinion is. Like, do you think it's become more popular and like why, you know, do you think it has become more like acceptable? I think um, the, the visibility of it from TV, from TV shows, just more like social media also helped if you find out that these people who are like millionaires, billionaires have tattoos and our parents mm-hmm. are like, wait a minute how did they become this way? And they have tattoos. And I think it's just like the growth of a culture, which is really cool. I remember my very, one of my very first jobs, I was the only one who had tattoos and the manager pulling me to the side, like, oh, our our regional is coming today. I don't mind your tattoos, but he may have an issue with them. And he came in and he looked me up and down and he was like, who are you? And I was like, oh, my name's Oba. I shook his hand or whatever. He looked at me and he went in the office. She comes like, my manager went in there with him. She comes out a little bit later and she's like, he absolutely loves you. He wants you to be our brand ambassador because he loves the way you dress. And I was like, oh, he ain't said nothing about my tattoos. She's like, no, he didn't say anything about your tattoos. And he was coming out the door and he heard us. He was like, oh, you're a really cool guy. I don't give a fuck about your tattoos. And he really <laughs> said, fuck. And he was like an older black, he was an older black guy. And he probably was one of the best people that I worked for. Like one of the people I look up to most for too, because mm-hmm. of that moment. It was just like, why would I care about his tattoos? Mm-hmm. Like, they're on him. They're not offensive. They're, 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 just, they're just decoration. And after that, when I went to different jobs and I got higher up positions, no one ever gave me an issue about my tattoos ever again. Never. I feel like that was one of my mom's issues a little bit. Like she was like, well, what are you going to get? And like, where's it going to be? And like, I feel like now that I have them, she's like totally into it. She's always, she's like, oh, let me see. And she's like really happy about it. And I think like one of the reasons why, especially I think in black culture that people are, getting more tattoos is just like the whole like unapologetic thing like how you were talking about how the manager came out and was like I don't give a fuck about your tattoos I feel like people are like I don't give a fuck about what other people think and if my tattoo is going to hinder you from hiring me or whatever then I don't even want to be in that environment (laughs) it it works out it works out for me you know people always uh when I first started my career like owning my shop a little bit into it, people be like, oh, oh, but you're so vocal about racism in this industry and you're so vocal about your like your politics and what are you gonna do? Like it could it could hinder you from having these customers come in. And I was like, I want it to hinder me from those people. I don't want them in my space. Like <laughs> my goal, my goal is to scare them away, but then to welcome like-minded people because that is the energy I want. I don't want to have to watch what I say around people that are in my space. Why would I have to? And yeah. I think we've always, like, as, as, as Black people, we've always been taught to try to, like, you need to fit in in this white space. Well, I'm tired of that. I'm not interested in it, actually. And I'm not going to do it anymore. So <laughs> that's why I started my own studio. And I was like, I'm just not. Like, I'm not wasting my time 
jumping through hoops to further your life in this struggle than mine while all the time with my mouth covered up because I can't speak how I want to. It's like that unapologetic thing we were just talking about. Yeah, I'm and, not doing it. Yeah, and I, I think this segues perfectly into this next question because, you know, I've been insta-stalking you because I love your work, but you recently put up a post that said, I don't tattoo, I don't tattoo dark skin equals I can't tattoo. Can you talk about what inspired that post and some <clears throat> of the, you know, like you said, people always say, oh, you're so vocal, but like, that's just who you are about racism. Like, can you talk about some of the things that you address, you know, on your platform and just in everything that you do um, and your work, because your work is very Afrocentric um, to talk about this post right here. <laughs> so I, I made that post because uh, probably that, like that week, of just like social media shit that goes on, drama. Um, there have been several issues come up with tattooers, people coming forward about tattooers not tattooing dark skin and not tattooing brown skin and they don't wanna do it. And it doesn't lend to what they do. And in my eyes, if you can't make what you do work on any shade of skin, you cannot do it. Like you are trash. I don't understand why, just because of this color of somebody's skin, the contrast may not be there like you would like it, but do something that makes you happy and that makes your clients happy. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I'm, I'm one of the people that like, I'm fully okay with anybody turning down a tattoo because the tattoo is not their style. But when it comes to somebody's skin tone being the issue, that is juvenile and that is childish. I'm pretty sure you had um, projects in school where you had to start on a black canvas or you had to start on black paper, you had to start on brown paper. It is the same thing with brown skin. If you cannot take the time to learn something, you don't wanna learn it because you don't care. Mm -hmm. And in my eyes, that's ridiculous. I, as a black tattoo artist, can't sit around here and say I'm not going. I, I don't want to tattoo white people's skin. Yeah, that's true. If I said that, if I said that, people would be like, "Well, why not? It's white. Well, why not? It's black." Now, 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 what is your excuse? I, you don't have one, and I think it's so juvenile and just so dumb that you sit. People sit around and say, "Oh, I, 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 I had a hard time doing this. Work harder, design better, grow the <laughs> fuck up." make bigger pieces because that's what I do if somebody's darker skin I'm just gonna make sure it's bigger pieces I'll talk you out of the little tiniest daintiest thing but I'm gonna be like okay so this is what you want we're gonna have to make it work for your skin tone but I'm not going to sit there and apologize or lie to you because that's what that's just we get people in bad situations done I know so many people who have been scarred by white tattooers I know so many people whose skin has just been super mistreated by white people and it's because lack of knowledge mm -hmm. if you don't learn it and you don't seek learning it you don't know how to do it so if you can't, if you don't want to tattoo dark skin or you can't tattoo dark skin, it's because you can't tattoo. Yeah. And I, I, I'll, I'll say it to the end of my days. And so many people were mad about that post. And you know what I said at the end of the post? If you disagree with it, fight me. <laughs> and you meant it. And I meant it. Because it's so, it's just, it's just so stupid to me that these people who have been tattooing for 10, 15, 20 years are still sitting around saying that they don't want to tattoo dark skin. Make it work. Make it work. It's not hard. Our skin is the same as anybody else's skin. It's just a different contrast. And that is the only difference. And if you don't know that, you are not an artist. You are a tattooer. Yeah. I like that. Because I feel like you also talk about like, you know, the discrimination that people face as tattoo clients. And then even just like being a tattoo artist, like Black tattoo artists in the game. How do you see it changing or like do you think there'll be more black tattoo artists who are getting like the training and stuff that they want from other black tattoo artists and do you think that there'll be more tattoo artists who will embrace brown skin so my goal in life generally is when I started my shop it was just to 
give voices to people who don't have voices in this industry or whose voices are being muddled or blanketed, like covered up by this white man driven community of tattooers. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this pandemic happened, but like when, when, when the pandemic, like right when it started, I was thinking of different ways that I could connect with black tattooers who are like-minded like me and who want to eventually get together. I was like trying to figure out ways that we can do like a summer conclave where I just invite, like, we invite a couple of tattooers, whoever wants to come, they can bring their families. We can figure out activities for their kids and we can work over here as tattooers or they can just come by themselves. And I was like thinking of all these different gateways of how I can get like-minded tattooers together because like, I've only been tattooing for five years and there are people who I look up to who have been tattooing way more, like way longer than I have or less time than I have. And I just want to know what their thought process is, mm-hmm. how their designs work. But it's just not black tattooers either. It is all shades of tattooers. I just want people who have like voices of mine. So like when yeah. I say, like when I think of it, I just want people who understand that as a black person, I am your equal as a tattooer. Mm-hmm. I'm your equal as a person in general, but I, I want to learn from all those people. Now, all those people who still have those gatekeeping mentalities, those people can stay away and I'm completely fine with them keeping their secrets. Because <laughs> like, keep your secrets because I promise you I'm, we're going to develop something better and we're not going to need your help. So there won't be no you saying that you taught us anything. Facts. Like, you didn't teach me how to lock no hair. We knew how to do it already. Like, exactly. That's, that's the kind of energy that I am looking forward to creating in this industry. And I just want others, like not just black tattoos, but everybody to just come together. And my thing is I used to have this, I, I don't even know if it was, I had this mentality as much as it was just a thing that exists in this industry of being white famous. Mm-hmm. And I know like a lot of us have been on reality shows and things like that. And when I, after I was on reality TV, I realized that being white famous is not important to me. Mm. It was, it, it, it's, it's, it's not the people I'm trying to reach. It's not the people who I'm trying to give a voice to. It is the people who are trying to continue to hold other people back that are interested in that type of world. I am not. So if you do not want to follow me because you do not believe in my politics of equality, unfollow me. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not missing out on anything from you. Mm-hmm. So my, like, my biggest thing is just reaching out to other brown tattooers especially women, because I honestly can tell you right now in my state, I don't know any black women tattooers. Mm, yeah. I don't, it's barely any black women artists that I know here who want to be tattooers. Like I've talked to several black women and they're like, you know what? I don't know if it's for me, but there also just aren't many. Yeah. And it sucks here because I don't know. I don't know any who have an art background. Cause like, if you work for me, you have to have an art background. You have to have been an artist first. I'm not trying to teach anybody how to tattoo and they just come in and they're just like, I'm a tattooer. And they're just like, <laughs> fucking people skin up and doing the wrong <laughs> designs and not paying attention to their details. Mm. Um, so it, like my main goal is just to create a safe place and teach women and brown people to tattoo. So when they go out into the world and flourish, they can teach women and brown people to tattoo too. Cause we got to like balance these scales out. And then, and then you know this, and then you know this thing that our, even our culture has taught us to do is to try to be the only one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. brown women are out here tattooing and they're not even tattooing with other brown women. Mm. It's the same thing in this industry right now. Like when I first started my shop, I had two brown men work for me. I reached out to several other brown men who didn't have spaces, but were tattooing. And none of them wanted to work for me. The two that ended up that ended up working for me eventually left because they didn't want to be better. Like they, mm-hmm. they it was like a growth thing, and they were like, mm, 
I'm really not interested in growing. I'm not like, I don't want to listen to you who have been tattooing less time than me. And I'm like, yeah, I've been tattooing less time than you, but I'm 37 and I've been an artist for 37 years. Mm-hmm. I sold my, I sold my first $5,000 painting when I was 12. Wow. Like, like, <laughs> so I've been an artist all of my life. I was, I grew up with artists. I was trained by some of the best artists in Delaware who literally came to a program for my school and were like, oh my God, who is this guy? And then came to my house and taught me for years after that. So it's like, I'm trying, I, I try, I try, I always try to use my voice and help other artists, but it, like this, our, our culture teaches us really to like push against that and try to be the only one. Yeah, that create in the barrel mentality. Yeah, and they're like, I gotta, I gotta get to the top by myself and I gotta work 10 times harder than these white people do to, to get any recognition. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, when we in group, we strong. Exactly. <laughs> when we in group, we strong. Like my entire staff is like, we are like the United Colors of Benetton around here. <laughs> and, and, most of my, and most of my team is, are, are women. And I feel like I was raised by women. So my voice as a man, like be using my privilege as a man is to empower these women to have a voice like a man. Mm-hmm. Like men, like people, people automatically, like I sometimes hear the way clients or see the way clients talk to the girls who are on my team. And I'm like, what the fuck do they mean? Tell them to DM me. Like they say the most ridiculous things to women. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and then I'll come into the room and I'll say it and they'll be like, oh, okay. Wow. And I'm like, that's all you had to do was say yes to her. Like she said the same thing to you. I came and I said it and then you said yes. But it's cause we have these, we have men who don't use their voices in the same way. Like I I would stand up for anybody who I feel like is marginalized always because I know what it feels like to be marginalized. Yeah. Well, speaking of clients, you just mentioned clients. How does someone be like a good client to a tattoo artist, you know? Because I feel like there's some do's and don'ts. So what's Oba's do's and don'ts of being a tattoo client, whether you're emailing or coming into the shop for your tattoo? I'm going to start, I'm going to go in the order. Okay. of, I'm gonna go into cadence of how it should start. Okay, yeah, so let's first, do it. This is how you. This is how you start out being a good client. Okay. You do your research. Mm. You find an artist who does something similar to what you want. <laughs> so if you go on my page and you do not see words, you probably shouldn't hit me up for words. Exactly. <laughs> there are none there for you to look at, mm-hmm. but people don't do that. Mm-hmm. So then there are like so start out by researching your artist. Find a person who is, who does what you do. Or you feel like they could be the person to, to develop what you want. So I always think of things of like ideas. Like if you don't know what your idea is, like your idea is here, it's this big, and you want it to be this big, find a person who's going to help your idea be this big because everybody doesn't have that creative thinking. Yeah. So find a person who does have that creative thinking. Look at their lifestyle. I post my lifestyle on Instagram instead of just my tattoos because I was going through tattooers' pages when I very first started. I was like. Jesus Christ, if I see one more tattoo, what you do at home? What you dress like? Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Do you get your nails did? Like, (laughs) like, I just need to know some backstory. And I think people are always worried about things being professional and stuff like that. So research your artists, get to know them, understand their lifestyle, see what they do. Mm -hmm. Then when it comes to contacting them, read every tattooer's bio. They will, like, after being in this industry for probably like, uh, two years, I was like, oh, I got to give people directions because people will waste your time, disrespect your talent, and not appreciate you for shit just because they want to tattoo. Mm-hmm. I always think about this one person. It happened like two or two, three years into my career. 
they hit me up for a tattoo. I was still taking DMs for tattoos. She hit me up for a tattoo and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't really do that. And she said, well, ain't it your job to do what I want if I give you my money? <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, hold, on, <laughs> hold on, sis, you ain't gave me no money yet. Like, <laughs> How much money do you think you plan on giving me? <laughs> like, y'all break, break, break. <laughs> I, need you to, I need you to back that up. So like being respectful of your tattoo artist. So like mm-hmm. on my page, that says, don't DM me about tattoos. This is why I ask people to not DM me. There was a glitch happening at like two, three years into my career. I would not get DMs. And then one day I would get 179 of them. So if somebody asks you to not contact them by DMs, be respectful. Um, communication, like I want you to do it this way. I want you to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Be respectful of that. Um, when you come in, have a clear idea that this person is an artist and they serious about their shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, Erica. <laughs> okay. And I tell people all the time, uh, if you want to send me other artists' artwork as references, that's fine. I'm not going to copy someone else's artwork because I am an artist myself. Yeah. Like I have a lot of people who send me other people's artwork and I'm like, hey, this one time, this guy right here tattoos and draws and creates artwork surrounded around Black women. So you don't need to send me someone else's Black women artwork. because That's what I do. <laughs> I have my own. <laughs> um, so just being like knowledgeable of your artist is probably the best thing. And then when you come in for your like consultation or like I do all my consultations online now because of COVID. Yeah. I don't mind if people come in um, now for like a consultation, just me and them. But just listen and then have an idea of what you're looking for if you need picture references that is fine with me if you want to quote a song that is fine with me because like I like to talk about talk to people just to get a feeling of what they want because like I'm a people person and I can understand a lot from your like when I bring up stuff I can read your facial cues and be like so you're not into that (laughs) um so it's like just being ready to collaborate with your artist but also respecting that they are artists yeah. And then also respecting the people around them. I've had so many people be so respectful of me and my time and so disrespectful to my assistant. And I'm like, so you know, once you're disrespectful to her, she's the lifeline between me and you. If you're disrespectful to her, I will tell her to stop answering your emails. Mm-hmm. I will tell her to stop communicating to you. I will tell her to stop answering your phone calls because you're rude. And if you're rude to her, I'm not going to make her work like difficult for you to get a tattoo by me. Because guess what? you're going to have to interact with her a whole lot before you get to me. She is going to open the door for you. She is going to ask you, are you hungry? She's going to ask you, do you need a drink? She's going to ask mm-hmm. you, are you comfortable? She's going to take your temperature. All these things she's going to do just for you to get to me. So you need to be respectful of her and the people around her in our space. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to beat around the bush for you to be rude to people so you can get a tattoo from me. So I think it's just like being respectful of people is probably the biggest thing Yeah. that I would say for clients to do. Just like do your research understand the way that they do things is the way that they need to do things i've had people say oh my other tattoo artists didn't do this and i'm like oh okay it's just like it's like a lot of little things but i think mm-hmm. it's just common like common respect like think of how you want to be treated how you want to be treated at work and go forward with that yeah i mean respect is a big thing i don't understand people who are disrespectful to anybody really and then the number one thing i think is research because a lot of my friends like i have tattoos a lot of my friends are like oh like how do you pick your tattoo artist and i'm like i think about the concept that i want and i look for someone who does that like if i'm looking for flowers i'm gonna look for someone who does flowers like i'm not just gonna be like oh you're a tattoo artist and i think some people just don't know that a lot of tattoo artists have like a niche you know what i'm saying like they'll do portraits or maybe they do two things but like I feel like that's the number one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize about tattoo artists. Like they 
don't do everything. <laughs> and, and, and it's so funny that you say that because um, one of my girls, Anna, um, who works with me, she does like pop figure, like pop culture tattoos, bright colors, things like that. One of her clients was saying that they wanted a tattoo from one of my other staff members. And she was like, oh yeah, talk to them about it after we're done your tattoo. And they were like, oh no, do you not want to tattoo me no more? Like, I don't, I don't want to just go to her now. They're like, we're like, that's not the community where we have at Push Tattoos. Like, if you want a tattoo from Oba, you want a tattoo from Anna, you want a tattoo from Zyra, anybody you want a tattoo from, you can go get one. And then you can come back and get one from me too. Yeah. You're not cheating on me. You're making a collection. When you want your electricity done, you don't have your plumber do it. It's exactly. <laughs> Just do those same things. But so many people have been taught and brought up in this gatekeeping society that white men prevail over. Like, oh, you're going to go to somebody else? I could have did that. But could you have done it as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to put the same love into it. Probably not. So it makes sense for people to go to different tattoo artists. I have never minded when one of my clients go to somebody else. I'm excited to see their collection. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just don't understand the culture is changing and I don't own anybody. Exactly. And I love that. I, I'm like tattoo artists are like therapists, you know what I mean? Like skin therapy, they talk to you, they help you kind of, and depending on who you are, you know, they also help you develop ideas and stuff like that for your tattoos. So one of the main things that I get a lot from people um, who's interested in tattoos is who see me and think I know everything about tattoos, which I don't. I'm just a collector. Um, but they'll be like, oh, I'm just, I don't have an idea. Or like they have an idea, but they're not fully fleshed out about it or they're scared about the permanency of it. I think that's like the number one thing people are like, oh, but it's going to be permanent. And what if I don't like it? What do you have to say to people who like worry about stuff like that? Like they're on the cusp of like getting a tattoo, but then they're like worried about how permanent it is and all that other stuff. Wait. Wait. Okay. Wait. Do, do more research when you like it's it's one of the things like when you are looking for a life partner you know when you know mm-hmm. so if you don't if you're not sure about your tattoo and you're not sure about the idea that you have follow some more artists see who they follow see who comments underneath their comments like look at look like it's like a tree it's like the tree of life <laughs> yes you look at things you start at one tattoo artist and you like something about them and you're like let me see who they're surrounded by who they like who works in their shop because that may be the way that you find somebody who does what you want. Mm-hmm. Like I've had, I've had several clients of mine be like, oh, but I'm looking for somebody who'll do color on my brown skin. And I'm like, oh, Anna would do color on your brown skin. Did you think of, did you contact her? Like, no, she's white. And I'm like, but she tattoos brown people. She yeah. actually worked in the same shop with this brown man right here. And if she didn't <laughs> tattoo brown people, she wouldn't work here. So like, think about things, like people don't think about things like that. Like sometimes, Sometimes you will like a guy or a girl and it won't, it'll, it'll be a little off and you'll be like something not right. But then you'll meet their friend and you'll be like, this, this friend has the qualities I liked about them, but then all these other qualities and you end up dating them and you'll be like, oh my God, this is such a better fit. Yeah. And you got to figure out what works for you, what values someone has and what talents they have to go forward in your project. So I think it's just waiting, doing more research if you're not sure, but you'll know when you trust somebody to tattoo your skin. It shouldn't be somebody you just be like, oh, I can just go here Tuesday and get a tattoo. Do research. Our skin is precious. Exactly. And I actually just transitioned to our next question perfectly. So for us, for the melanated folks out there, for us melanated folks of all different shades, what tips do you have for them for looking for a tattoo artist? Make sure that they have brown skin representation on their page. And Mm -hmm. listen close. Don't just make sure they are brown. 
Mm. You know, all skin folk and kin folk. That yeah. is an actual, that is an actual thing to live by because I know a lot of brown tattoo artists who don't tattoo brown skin. I don't know personally because you know that's the kind of that's a part of my life that I'm not interested in, so I try to cut it out. Make sure that they have brown skin representation. They don't have to be brown. I know yeah. a ton of white tattooers, Hispanic tattooers who tattoo brown skin beautifully. Just make sure you have they have representation because you'll come across these people who are like, oh, they got this many followers on Instagram. They go to this person goes to them, that person goes to them, but you will only see entertainers or athletes tagged in posts mm-hmm. on their page that mm-hmm. are of color. That is called clout chasing. Yes, that is. And recognize it and know what it is because they do it really, really well and they do it seamlessly. So make sure you are seeing all shades of brown skin mm-hmm. more than one time. Scroll back to before Black Lives Matter to them mm. and make sure they had brown skin then. Well, <laughs> I, will roll, I will scroll to a 2019 or your motherfucking page real fast. <laughs> if people hit me up and ask me, like, do you know any tattoos in my art area that you trust? I will do research for you. Well, that's and, nice. And somebody like my client, like if I had a client that moved away and they were like, Boba, I can't get back there. Do you have anybody you suggest? Um, this and that. I'd be like, yeah, let me do some research for you because I'm not going to set you up, but like make sure you you see multiple shades of brown more than one time. Scroll back. Yes, go into the archives of their go into posts. the go into the archive of their posts. Scroll down. <laughs> scroll that shit. Scroll that shit so far back that I should look like it was taken by an Android phone. <laughs> that's how far you scroll back. That's where I want you to scroll back to. But yeah, just just make sure that it's diverse because like people will really just play in your face. It will be back till when Black Lives started to matter to them. And just do your research. Oh, thank you. Okay, so this is the last question, the signature question of the show, which is if you got a chance to write a chapter in a textbook on tattooing, what would you call it and why? Hmm. Oh wow. See, I, my head, my, this is this is one of those synaptic fires. Like, I feel like my head just went in 20 different ways. Because <laughs> I went in, I went in, I went like, usually I go petty first and then I filter out petty and then I go to useful. <laughs> um, my petty one was white men don't control everything in the tattooing industry was my, like one of my things. And it was okay. just like all the gatekeeping rules that I have heard and learned about from the years of tattooing, mm-hmm. how they are, how they are, a colonial way of handling people. Mm-hmm. But then my other way, my other side of it would be that even in low contrast, tattoos can be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just because you are brown does not mean you deserve less. Your tattoos can be just as ornate and just as beautiful as someone else's of white skin. You just have to find the right person to do it. So it would be between those two things. But then I would also want to talk about like the history of tattooing coming from it being on brown people and brown cultures. And I probably would cover all of the brown, all the diaspora of brownness uh-huh. and go through uh, like go through the different traditions of how like some of us have these markings because we want to know what kind of, what family we're from or what tribe we're from mm-hmm. and how in Mexican cultures, this means this. And I would love to like, just have like a full history of melanated tattoos. So I think that would be my category in the, in the book. Wow, I love that. And I definitely would read that whole entire book. <laughs> I, would, I would love to do the pictures. I would like I would not like to do the writing part of it, but the picture part of it. Yeah, you could do like a picture book, like a like a dining table book. Like the, you know how Rihanna has that big ass book of just her photos. You could just do so, like ta- brown. That's how I, would, I, would be. I want it to be huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would definitely have that on my dining table. Yes. Well, 
Oba, thank you so much for your time. Before we wrap up, could you just tell people where they can find you, how they can support you? Where can they continue to learn about you and your artistry and what you're doing just in the tattoo world? Um, I would say the best place to find me is Instagram. It is at Omari. It is O-M-O-O-R-I. It is Oba, my middle name. And, I mean, my first name and Mari, my second name, because everybody always thinks it's my name, but it's not. <laughs> okay. um, but I'm a visual person. So most of the things that I do are visual. So you will find them on Instagram. If you want to hear about me going to family reunions, that's on like Facebook. You can just look at Jackson. And then if you want to hear me rant about political things, you can find me on Twitter. And I think that's at Obamari. Instagram, Instagram is where I sat. You can also see all of my work and all of my staff's work on pushtattoos.com. And you can also purchase my prints there too. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Oba. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you so much for having me. And that is the conclusion of episode four of season two on the history of tattoos with Oba. Thank you so much for tuning into this season. Also, you know, make sure that you're subscribed because season two is bigger and better than season one. And we're covering all types of things like this, the history of tattooing, the history of self-care, the history of astrology. So make sure you're subscribed. Share the podcast on your social media send it to a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. You feel me? We're trying to expand this history community. Don't forget to come back on Friday, April 23rd. Wow, I can't believe we're in the middle of April. Like we are in quarter two of the year. I don't know how we got there, but we did. We're here. But yes, come back on Friday, April 23rd for our new topic you don't want to miss it make sure to follow that wasn't in my textbooks all over the interwebs we have a pinterest we have an instagram we have it all and we would love to continue conversations on our topics on any of our social media platforms and until next time remember knowledge is power